This episode of Tinfoil Tales comes with a content warning and a reminder that this podcast is for mature audiences only. Unless I haven't been paying attention, man, the moon doesn't look normal. You keep the pressure on, correct? We stay until we win, is that right? At the moment, you're under arrest for incitement. Have you guys been following me? We're winning, folks. Okay, we're winning. We're pushing back the dark. You ask simply two questions to find a filthy Freemason demolet. Where did you go to school? Which primary school? Which high school? And who's your daddy? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tim File Tales. I'm Sauce. Hello listeners, I'm Sandy. We thought we would do a quick news and views episode while we work on not one, but two upcoming episodes. There's a bunch of stuff that's been happening, so let's just jump right in. up and we are a bit late but happy australia day yes happy australia day sandy two australia days this year but only one public holiday so that's a bit shit we've been ripped (laughs) off (laughs) yeah it turns out we've been celebrating the wrong date which is great as it might take the fire out of the debate about changing the actual date Mm. but Before you think this is about recognising the pain of Indigenous Australians, that's not why we are recognising a new date, unfortunately. I mean, let's just adjust our expectations here because think about who we're talking about. But Mayor Bergworth has, dare I say, been doing some research. But don't fire up the Barbie just yet. After all, we are talking about Darren Bergworth's alternative ways of doing things with his red ensign, six-pointed star sovereign flag and his (laughs) proclamation that the current government is illegitimate and has been for quite some time. So let's rewind the clock back, shall we? Back to 1915. (laughs) Back to World War I because Darren loves a war and he sure loves the Anzacs. (laughs) So here's the story. We all know Australia Day as the 26th of January, but back in 1915, that date was celebrated as Foundation Day and only in New South Wales. A woman called Mrs. Allen Wharton Kirk, whose four sons were enlisted, suggested an Australia Day to the New South Wales Premier. She had seen the generosity of the Australian people during other fundraising days and thought an Australia Day could be a way to draw on the pride of Australians in their soldiers following Gallipoli. So the date of 30th of July 1915 was the date agreed upon and events were held across Australia. They sold ribbons, badges, handkerchiefs, buttons and matchboxes with phrases like for Australian heroes and help our wounded heroes. The event was hugely successful, raising close to $2 million in today's money. So Australia Day continued in subsequent years of World War I, being celebrated on the last Friday of July. It also ended when World War I ended, which was 1918. 
So whilst this was a wonderful fundraiser, it was for the war effort and wrapped up in 1919. So it ran for four years. So let's bring you back to the present, back to Darren and his merry band of pseudo-law adherents, who are now armed with the knowledge that the corporate Australia Day, that's January 26, was no good, and a flurry of, of events were planned across the land on July 28th in honour of the true Australia Day. <laughs> Are you keeping up? It's so confusing. (laughs) The Melbourne celebration was held at the shrine with the red ensign flags blowing in the wind. And I believe they had a visitor. Isn't that right, Sauce? Yes, I draped myself in a red ensign (laughs) and marched myself down to the shrine to celebrate the big day. There was about 25 of us down there. Some were in high vis, but most with some kind of red flag about their bodies. After having a little bit of a catch-up and a chat, they made their way up the steps under the very watchful eye of the Victorian police and representatives from the shrine. So there was some speeches, some wreaths were placed, and convicted assaulter of women, Glenn Agnew, was asked to lead them in a little bit of a song. Yeah, don't sing anything. Just read it. Just read it. Just read it. Australia's love is born nobly. Her sons have shown zeal for their king. Anzacs will ever be champions of liberty. So sing from seas to sea, God save the king. No, 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 for goodness sake, guys, (laughs) rehearse and prepare. This is Australia Day. After all, you have your program in your hand. You should have all been ready to go. God Save the King was the national anthem back in 1915. If we're going to pretend we are back there, then you're going to have to get better with the LARP. I've got to say, I'm a little bit disappointed. Never worry. I'm here for you and I got this. I even found backup music for it, which I will pop the link in the show notes for Darren's use, okay? Thank me later, Darren. Most of the music out there is quite high and I ain't going Asia on everybody here. That would be quite terrible. Opera is not my style. So I'm going to go low, I guess baritone-ish or whatever that's called, that I believe everyone, even Darren, can sing along. And you've got to sing it really patriotic. It's the only way. Here we go. Australia's love has grown nobly her sons have shown zeal for their king and that will ever be champions of liberty 
Sandy, that might sound Brava. better when the music's behind it. <laughs> <laughs> which king are we? Which king are we singing to? King George or the true king, the king of Australia? Better be for King Stephen. But then it was time for Darren to address his constituents. It's something we're all on a journey of discovery uh, of our history, uh, history that's been hidden from us. And, and taken away and has been forgotten. And it's not just us, it's the same with the Indigenous uh, of this land. Their history has been fudged um, and uh, hidden from them and they've been taken away from their history. What we're all about is truth and, and reclaiming um, the knowledge of the history of this country, not the knowledge that we are taught uh, or uh, indoctrinated into believing. And, the people that have actually been watching this for quite some time now understand that we have been indoctrinated, we have been given false information, and it's up to us, uh, it's incumbent on us, to find the truth and spread the truth. And that's exactly what we're doing, um, and, and the 62,000 uh, men and women who lost their lives um, that gave us this stone in this building, our foundation stone that anchors us to the land, guys. We need to claim that. We need to understand it, we need to learn it, and we need to live it and breathe it. Okay, that's the only knowledge that I've come across very recently, um, but it's something that we all need to look into uh, and, and stop being lazy, because uh, the apathy that this country has always been um, and the lack of wanting to do the work um, is, is the reason that we're in the situation we're in. So knowledge is power. And, and we need to get that knowledge and we need to spread that knowledge. And that's exactly what we're doing. Uh, as as uh, in World War One, the volunteers uh, that gave their lives to save this country, uh, or what they thought was to save this country at the time, but once again were manipulated. Um, once again, we find ourselves in a similar situation where tyranny reigns and it's volunteers that are stepping up to get this knowledge and spread the knowledge far and wide. And um, I'm really happy that uh, so many people have gone come here today. This is going to get bigger and better every single year. And um, please, that, that, that thirst for knowledge has to be spread through the community, um, the truth, and uh, the truth will set us free. Thank you. Come on, Darren. <laughs> is it just me? <laughs> or is Darren implying that this alternate Australia Day is a super big secret that's being hidden from us? Which is a bit weird. <laughs> as the history of it's actually on the Australian War Memorial website and pictures and a bunch of information. And you mentioned before it was primarily a way to raise money for the war efforts. So when the war finished, they didn't need to raise the money anymore. It wasn't taken away from the people so that the corporate cabal could have their own Australia Day. It just wasn't needed anymore. And that comment about Indigenous history being hidden or denied, are they serious? These are the people who are consistently sharing misinformation about the upcoming voice referendum. I heard Agnew say something like, once Australia's under new management, I thought we were <laughs> under new management. Aren't we managed by America? That once came up, didn't it? So doesn't he mean once we kick the managers out or they will become the managers? It's just so confusing. <laughs> So was that it? Did they at least have a little morning tea with some lamingtons or something? No, nothing. Oh. Not even a cup of tea or a biscuit. They just oh, kind of all 
congratulated themselves a lot and shook each other's hands and slapped each other on the back. And then everyone rolled up their little red ensign flags and they were gone. That was it. Happy Australia Day. Okay, next up, let's talk about Matt Lawson and his walk to raise awareness for shin splints and blisters. I mean, vaccine injuries. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, I thought this walk might be fun to report on each day over on Twitter X. And for the first few days watching how sick he was with his cough, his sore legs, blisters, burnt face, I have to admit I was a little bit entertained. (laughs) They were vastly unprepared for this and I thought that was a bit funny. But then it became boring and I lost Mm -hmm. interest I mean it's great he actually kept it up which Sauce and I had pretty much placed bets on how soon he was going to give up (laughs) I gave him three days that's how that's how optimistic I was of Matt three days (laughs) it was looking a little bit like you were going to win for a bit there but it was just after he was telling us he had a conversation with a guy in a store somewhere who told a story about his 91 year old mother or grandmother who had a vaccine (laughs) and died two weeks later she was 91 so like Look, maybe, I don't know, natural causes at that age, it's just not compelling enough. And I got over the whole thing pretty fast. Sorry about that, guys. But anyway, just for you listeners, let's visit this thing. So Matt Lawson, for those who may not be aware, started off in the freedom movement massively 5G pilled. Mm, mm, We mm, have a clip mm. of him in one of our episodes talking about the vaccine, interacting with 5G. This guy is pilled to the gills. An influencer in the movement probably deserves a full episode on his antics. Mm. He was shot by riot police in Melbourne CBD outside Flinders Street Station during one of their many rallies and has a court case pending on that. He's an OG, pretty interesting, pretty influential, and a news and views episode just won't fit Matt's story. So we'll have to circle back to him in a future episode. Mm. Wasn't it Matt who said that they were spraying them with COVID when they were doing Kill the Bill? That was him and Lila, was, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't Peter Little there too? Oh, God, oh, they're all God, there. I yearn. God, I yearn for the simple days of, <laughs> of Kill the Bill cookout on the steps of Parliament. I actually remember Matt, actually. Um, he does enjoy cookies, and he had one yes. one night and got off his face. You're right. We need, to, we need to do a full episode. Yeah, we need an episode on him. We do. He's actually pretty interesting. But the boys over at the Conditional Release Program, Joel and Jack, have been giving us updates and it's safe to say we are all a little bit impressed how far he's actually made it. Mm. Gotta be honest. (laughs) I do have a little bit of a suspicion on whether or not he's getting some help from that support car that we keep saying. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe, you know, the drop-off spot, he says, just keep going for another. (laughs) Just take me a little bit further down the road (laughs) He keeps saying that he he was like, apparently somebody had said that they had gone down the road and they didn't see him. So then he's like, oh, just letting you know that 
I have to take toilet breaks. And sometimes there might be 30 kilometers before between toilets. He goes, you know, number one is okay, but number two is right. So then he has to get in the car and he might, he goes, I might have to travel backwards, like 30 mm. kilometers to get to the other, to Do the you, Matt, toilet spot. Do you travel backwards? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do you get dropped off exactly? Like, do you leave a mark in the road? Like, this is where I made it. Mm. Or maybe are you getting dropped yeah. off? Maybe just five kilometers down yeah. the road. Look, sore legs. Maybe he's, maybe he's doing completely every kilometer. Who knows? But he is in New South Wales, and I didn't think he would make it to Albury. So yeah, that's true. And I reckon he should have had a live tracker. And if I was doing this walk, they would be questioning me because they're the big biggest question askers. Conspiracies. There'd Correct. be all kind of conspiracies about us if we did it. Correct. So, we're allowed to just ask questions. Absolutely, just asking questions. But let's delve a little bit into why he is doing this. So it's to create awareness for an anti-vax propaganda group called Jab Injuries Australia. And so we all know where this is leading, right? Sandy, is Jab Injuries Australia old mate Alan Hashem? Well, I thought so too, but it's this other guy called Matt. Hmm. I reckon, I reckon it was Al back at the start. I think it was. I think it was. And, but since last, I think it was May 2022, Matt's been taken mm, over. Interesting. Mm. Uh, it's part of this other group called OHM, which is our something movement. I'm going off the top of my head here. Too many Who groups. Who cares? Um, and yeah, they, they've got another one called Jab Injuries Global. So mm. Mm. they've got big ideas here. But this group, raises awareness for people's COVID vaccine injuries. But I use that term kind of lightly and loosely because it is just people's stories of their illnesses, whether true or not, and we can't verify them. (laughs) And they're stories that they themselves have linked to the vaccine that pretty much everyone had to take during a pandemic. There's this phenomena that's going on where we really actually should be a little bit sceptical about Mm. We all had to take a vaccine en masse and now every illness and disease since is being blamed on it. But here's where this becomes messy. There are some Mm. vaccine injuries out there, but groups like this do a disservice to these people by putting out unverified, unsubstantiated vaccine injury claims and muddying the waters. So how do you trust anyone Mm. who comes out and says they've been vaccine injured? And I think if I had like or someone in my family had been vaccine injured, it would just be so offensive seeing Forest off the Fallen and yeah. like seeing, you know, I had like a really sore arm on a stick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when when, you know, someone in your life might be like severely impacted. Or whenever I think of like this stuff and like vaccine injuries and their pictures, I just always see um Barkley McGain. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That Apparently just, he died. Just makes he, me laugh. He's posting it going, hello, I'm still alive. <laughs> hey, guys, here I am. Remember remember me at the Mulgrave electorate? I think I said hi to some of you guys. I'm not dead. I was actually thinking there, there's got to be a way. I reckon I could plant a story. Yeah. And, like I could, I could put a story and maybe I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> do no, it. I'll do it quietly. I'm not going to say who yeah, I like do it. right now. And we'll see how and long it I'm takes. I'm going to see if it. I'm going to see if it makes it on there. I'm going to just plant a fake story. Yeah, before um, you're I reckon a stick. I'll, I'll do it. The other thing too that I was thinking, like if I had a, a vaccine injury, something I considered was a vaccine injury, or a family member I thought had died from the vaccine, mm. 
I don't think these would be the people that I would be um, associating myself with because they'll tarnish your story. Absolutely. Because these people, they jump the shark a lot. Mm, a lot. <laughs> a lot. Every day. It is definitely an issue sorting out the wheat from the chaff, like what's real, what's not. When we had the likes of Matt Lawson, who claimed that graphene oxide, which quack doctors such as Carrie Madej has taught them that it's in the vaccine, but I did a fact check and it's actually not, but that it's interacting with 5G waves in the air. We have all seen and heard all the outrageous claims perpetuated by doctors and influencers about creatures in the vaccine, snake venom, microchips, self-assembling nanobot structures. Thank you for that one, Maria. The spike protein traveling through the body causing infertility, bleeding from the eyes and semen. Thank you, Dr. Billy Bay. Advice given to not have sex with a vaccinated person and taking in the spike protein that will harm you. Thanks for that, Danny Searle. We've seen the videos of people trembling, claiming to be vaccine injured, and yet the same movement with the same influencer has gone on a walk trying to convince us all that these stories are real vaccine injuries. So he's having chats along the way with people planting the seed that perhaps their family and friends' illnesses are vaccine-related. With that too, like when we start talking about this in a chemist or, you know, in a pub or wherever else, people will go, um, if they don't agree with what we're doing, I go, I don't, don't know about the injuries, but uh, this is happening. You know, the government did this and in these country towns, COVID was all about fear and then it suddenly disappeared within a week. Yeah. You know, like, you know, we all got coerced and pushed to get this bloody, you know, jab that we didn't want and then it disappeared. So they're all starting to question really about. I think a lot of them are realizing it's a control mechanism. Yep. And the big turning point, the big one that everyone should be talking about in these country towns is cash. Yep. Because these guys love their cash. They love, you know, bartering with not only, you know, goods and services, but also cash. Um, you know, if you can get a service and, you know, pay in cash, they'll do it cheaper and you know, they don't want to have all their transactions monitored. They they, they can see what's coming as well, I think. But you yep. gotta you gotta plant the seed. It's almost like you have to like giving him a Chinese armrest. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that anymore, but <laughs> Indian, arm, Indian armrest, I think it was. But you've got to get them thinking and give them a little bit of pain through what you say, and then they go, oh, it's going to affect me. So that's what we're trying to do. Well, like you said, you know, um, once people have a, it happens to them, or they have a family member that it happens to, then it becomes personal, and they, they, will, they will be more open to talking about it, I think. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think... I have a feeling there's a high percentage now that knows someone that's had an adverse event, whether it's um, something more of like, you know, side injection pain or whatever, which isn't a big one, but then you go through to the ones with the strokes and the heart attacks and the, the ones who are having palpitations and stuff, you know, like once you start really talking, they go, oh, yeah, no, I do know someone. And Cancer's, cancer too is a big one. Which one? Cancer rates are skyrocketing. Cancer rates, they're all talking about that too. A lady yesterday was like, oh, I had to head down to somewhere other because my friend was in remission, but now the cancer's gone to stage four within three weeks. And we're like, that's just not normal. Like, she hadn't even thought about it. And she's like, yeah, I guess it's not normal, really. And we're like, man, it's bad. I know someone very dear to me that's got cancer because, well, I don't know if it's because of the jab, but it's certainly not helping because, you know, they're in and out of hospital. So there is a funny moment where he makes it to Parks, where the big 
dish, the radio Mm. telescope is located, that helped broadcast the moon landing in 1969. And in the comments of his live, people were talking about how the moon landing was faked. Sos, do you believe the moon landing actually happened? Well... (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna expose my conspiracy here. I've got a few conspiracies that, that are up my street. Do I believe that they landed on the moon? Yes. Do I think that what we saw was the moon landing? No. Oh wow. <laughs> I okay. think they did land on the moon, but I think that that whole thing that we saw was PR from the American government to lord it over the Russians for being the master race. So do you think it was race. actually like the the v- image that we're seeing was in a studio? Yes. Oh, wow. I do. Because I did see some stuff like with the flag yeah. waving in the wind when there's no should be yeah. no wind in the moon. On <laughs> that's, the moon. that's my theory. I think they went to the moon, but I don't think they got any footage of themselves on the moon, so if they couldn't prove it, how would we know? And I think they created a little moon landing video. <laughs> well i'd love to know what uh, our listeners think for me personally in the famous words of darren bergworth (laughs) i wasn't there so i don't know (laughs) so while matt is certainly getting a lot of support along the way by the my place communities and freedom fighters couch surfing (laughs) being put up in motels gifted spa treatment i loved the spa treatment i loved that i loved that for matt he deserves it that's right why not (laughs) He's got nothing else better to do. Correct. I'm sure that's the only reason why he's doing this. But he's getting massages and being given gifted food and donuts. I think one stage someone someone dropped off like five kilos of meat. <laughs> <laughs> what, for him to put in his backpack and nibble on raw? If he gets that's hungry. what I'm thinking. I'm like, where are they going to put the meat? <laughs> oh, anyway, so... <laughs> He ends up a little bit put off by the fact that not many people appear to be promoting his walk and other than the occasional shout-out by the likes of Monica and O'Neeks did an interview but we can't access it because mm. I ain't paying. I'm not paying no. $20. No way. No. To have a look at it. And look, to be honest, be boring. do we really care what Dave O'Neeks has got to say? I, I really don't care. I really don't. I think don't. what I wanted to actually get access to was to hear them what their views are around the whole agenda around the vaccine mm. being, you know, because you know they would have been talking. I already know what they think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't need to see it to know what they think. He's he's kind of complaining that there hasn't been much promotion of it coming from Freedom Alt Media. Mm. I hate to break it to you, Matt, but that's all pretty much dead now. Mm. Like, you know, back in the day you used to do something like that and he would have had the likes of all these influencers does, like does, Millie does, and does he really, Megan and like, anybody else. Does he really think that? The wedding photographer is going to get in his car and drive up there. <laughs> that's right. Rukshan and RV. <laughs> Come on, mate. They've got a book to promote. Yeah, that's right. They're too busy promoting Morgan. Morgan is the guy now. Oof. Matt, you just timed it wrong. But not to worry. A couple local community newspapers mm. have written about him. I had to laugh at one that called him a human rights advocate. Oh, Sandy, this stuff, makes, this stuff makes me, like, annoyed. Yes. Right? Yes. Because local yeah. papers have real influence in regional communities in particular. And yes, I would have thought, just me, maybe I'm a dickhead, <laughs> if I was a journalist and I was like interviewing someone, I'd probably just Google their name. If you put Matt Lawson, it, the, the first article that comes up is when he went into the towers pretending 
No, it's not. The first article that comes up is when he was going into nursing homes and was going to pretend that he was a doctor oh, to get right. access to nursing homes during COVID to tell yes. them all that COVID was fake. That could be why he's complaining that the, you know, the mainstream ones like the 7, 9 or 10 or whatever are not covering this when there is actually another um, walk that's happening, I think it's from Melbourne to Perth or something along that way. And he's doing that for mental health. So this is what Matt's telling us. So he's got this other guy and they're all promoting him and there's all these fundraisers and for his cause, but here's little old Matt because he's, you know, doing vaccine injuries. No one gives a shit. Mm. But it could be, well, look at, like, have a look at the thing. Like, no, I guess the journalists along the way, I think Joel picked this up on the conditional release program podcast, was that one of them appeared to possibly be a bit of a cooker themselves. I'm so I think he's getting right. some friendly journalists. He's definitely getting friendly journalists. Yeah. The the again, in my view, if you're a journalist, if someone during an interview says, you know, X, then that's a fact that they're telling you. And I think it's your journalistic duty <laughs> to push back on that alleged fact just a touch. At the end. Say what you want in your article, but then the last paragraph should be, you know, based on stats available on the TGA website, everything he just told you isn't true. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) 28 people in our little town have not died from vax-related deaths. I did have to have a laugh because he was trying to line up some journalists and he asked his group, he's got this Facebook group, but it says, drop me the main points that I should get across to journalists, right? So this is what he's asking his group. And I had to laugh um, because they're funny <laughs> people. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you about these, uh, a couple of the, the responses that he got. Okay, so there's this guy here who has responded and said, people have been turned into Bluetooth connected devices. That's the elephant none of the controlled ops will talk about. And then it goes on to have responses and a conversation. Of course, you know, Matt actually didn't join in. But they're having a conversation about all the frequencies they're finding and all the Bluetooth signals they're finding in cemeteries. If you look at cemetery and any of the graves beyond 2021, so after 2021, you can get Bluetooth signals from their cemeteries. Well, that's bloody amazing. Why are they like this? Why are they like this? Why, why, why do they, why can't they just let Matt have his little walk? Why do they have to jump the shark in your words with That's comments right. like that? Why, why can't they just go good on your Matt? And there's one here that goes, um, firstly, they're called germalists because they're blood sucking propaganda pushers. Secondly, I hope you have very comfy shoes. Germalists. Germalists. Um, Please talk to them about chemtrails. You must be seeing so many out there. (laughs) One topic at a time, mate. (laughs) And then this one, the number of steps you are taking, 1.6 million, is probably probably equal to the number of people who have been injured in Australia by these COVID injections and nobody is talking about it. It is not allowed. These people are being ignored by our government. Talk to me if you want the stats to back this up. Well, maybe I should just send her a message and ask Talk for that. Talk to me if you want the stats to back this up. I'll download them from Rumble. That's where I'll get my stats. Yeah. 
But the last thing that actually you found this, you wanted me to bring up, Sauce, was a strange message dropped in mm. by Julian Assange's dad, who is a very big supporter of this movement. He is, he is. And every time we say something about his dad, people go, oh my God, don't say that his dad's like a cook. <laughs> his dad's been involved with them for a very long time. <laughs> yes, very much so. Yeah. He's very much in it. Yeah, like, you know, I do, do I, I don't know. I don't know if he believes every or is aligned with every single thing they say, but... He appears at a lot of their things. They co-brand things with him an awful lot. Yeah, they do. And so this clip is about, uh, it's really odd. He's standing with a lady. I don't know who the I'm lady is. I'm not sure is. who that is either. No. And they're standing in front of the Assange bus. There's, is it a bus yeah. or a truck? Yeah, it's like it's a, a little bus. bus thing that they drive around in. Yeah, so anyway, we'll play the clip to see this one out. Listen, Matt, this is uh, a bit of encouragement for you. If... Uh, if you're doing well, you'll get a cuddle from a woman like this, I promise you. Bless him. Well done, Matt. So proud of you. Hit the border today. Keep going, mate. Well done. We all love you. Okay, thanks. Now, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, next week there's a vote for the pandemic management bill. We see Daniel Andrews for what he is. Who here agrees that Daniel Andrews has gotten away with too much for too long? Who here agrees that Daniel Andrews is guilty of human rights abuses? Imagine using footage from an epic fail like the Kill the Bill rally as the intro to your 200th episode and what an episode it was. Rather than stumbling with his words on a live stream, he did it in real life in front of the crowd who had gathered at the Polish club in Roville. Okay, so I covered some of this in a Twitter thread, but I thought we might take a look at some of the other people that were involved on the night because there was a lot of people that actually were involved. So the first guest was Greg Cheeseman from the Freedom Party, and he is the candidate for the upcoming Warrandyte election. Greg ran for the seat of Menzies in the federal election, but back then he was a Lib Dem and he got 3,646 votes. Then he ran in the state election, this time for Freedom Party, in the upper house district of Northeastern Metro, and he got a huge zero 0.9% of the vote. <laughs> so how many votes is that? It was about 4,000-odd votes, but oh, okay. there was more votes on offer because it was an actual, like, as an area in the Senate as opposed to a, oh, a seat. Right. Yeah. Yes. So he's a double loser. <laughs> but he's not letting that stop him, and he's aiming for the trifecta. Oh, so good on you, Greg. Good uh -huh. on you. Three times a loser. Just a side note from me, and I know you're going to be surprised by this, dear listeners, but turns out Greg has a background in the film and TV industry. Another one to add to the list, Sauce. Oh, my God. <sighs> oh, actors and real estate It's agents. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. They just keep popping up. Morgan himself was That's in a right. movie. Hmm. He was very briefly. Correct. So next, he had another member of the Freedom Party. In fact, the deputy leader of the Freedom Party, Leone Blackwell, who he declared 
Australia's number one naturopath and someone who had dedicated her life to public health. Leone ran in the Narakan district at the last election and she received 2,254 votes. So well done, Leone. (laughs) I would love to tell you everything she said, but her mic wasn't turned on. Instead, we got to listen to who I believe was Anthony Lave, heavy breathing, as it was his mic that they turned on by mistake. Bit of election time. Mm-hmm. How are we going to defeat that? By not complying. Okay, that's a good start. I'm deep. St- I'm deep state. Dumpsies don't know about it yet. <laughs> oh, someone. Someone's gone. Uh, yeah. Excuse me, Dan. Dan, Dan, the tech man, I, I'm, I think Mike 3 may have gone on. Is Leonie back on? Leonie Blackwell? I'm back. All right, great. Just <gasps> because, you know. Yeah, that, that was nearly a hot mic moment. <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard him say, I'm the deep state, they just don't know it yet. Did he really? That's what the recording is. <laughs> Sandy, I re-listened to it the next day, right, because I wanted to find, like, a funny Anthony <laughs> I'm like, what's this noise? I'm like, I replayed it, and I'm like, did he just say, I'm the deep state? <laughs> I just don't know it <laughs> And he what did. Does mean? So, that's, what does he mean by that? <laughs> I've got no idea. That's, the, that's what that clip is, him oh saying my. that. <laughs> I have. That's really going to bug me now. I'm gonna. We're gonna have to find this out. What does he mean? I don't know. It was very strange. Very strange. <laughs> he is strange. <laughs> oh, Anthony. Uh, when Daniel Jones is in charge of the audio visuals, there was always going to be problems. Let's be honest. Oh no. So Leone's big moment was when she said Ian Brighthope supplements saved my life. Oh God. And then she said she had a stall at the back. And if people wanted to go there, they could buy her book. And she had some, like, sprays and stuff to sell. Oh. Mm. Well, they always have stuff to sell everywhere they go. thousand percent they do. I know that you did a little tweet about Karen Lev. And that's who we call Anthony (laughs) Lev because he sounds like a Karen that wants to speak to the manager. But we couldn't let an opportunity go by without a bit of a cheeky revisit of this moment. This is just for information. You do, you do, you do but how dare you step on my property without a search warrant? <laughs> okay. I mean, literally, you said, it says, come back with a warrant. You have no warrants. You are enforcing directives which you have no authority to do so. The Public Administration Act prohibits police officers from being authorised officers. That document is not, a, that, that card is not a legal card. It's been issued illegally. So you're saying this is an illegal card? That is, in, that is an illegal card and you are, in, you are in, impersonating an authorised officer. Are you also aware that your doormat isn't a legal document either? It's my property. I can have whatever I want my property. Yeah, okay. Oh my gosh! I think we've we have already shared that. Before, I don't care. We have. To, we I don't just care. Keep, we're just inserting it <laughs> just into every episode. Randomly, we're just going to keep playing it. It's very funny. Remember that time? Do you know that your doormat is not a legal document? <laughs> but the bro hug when he went on stage was cringe, and he's doing absolutely nothing of interest. So it was such like a non-guest. Yeah, waste of time. Thanos was there. 
he is starting his own Toastmasters Association, but for kids. He's always got something in the pipeline. <laughs> for kids. Toastmasters for kids. I love it. Can't wait to see what those kids have got in store for them with Thanos is teaching them all how to speak. Oh, Thanos. God. We are Thanos. royally, royally Whew. screwed. <laughs> and then there was Renee Heath's dad, Brian, who is a pastor with the City Builders Church. So they are a branch of Pentecostal Christianity that believes in physical displays of spirituality, such as exorcisms and speaking in tongues. Oh, so wasn't this the family that was came out all on the news? Yes. That was uh, broken by Chanel Vella? Yes. yes. Okay. Yep. I, I knew nothing. I yep. know nothing about this, so this is all you saw. So they follow a theology that seeks to take over and conquer the seven mountains of society which is family, religion, arts and entertainment, news, education, business, and government. Wow. Yep. So Weird. there was a 60 Minutes report that was done on it, but if you haven't uh, seen it, here's a little summary. So 60 Minutes conducted an investigation that included interviews with former members of the church detailing a history of alleged homophobia and cult-like mentality Amongst its leadership, one does not surprise me. <laughs> no, one former member, Patrick McIver, said that the church's founder, Pastor Brian Heath, had discouraged him from socializing with females and pursuing a career in the arts in a view to cure his homosexuality. Oh, wow. Yep. Mr. McIver also details how he was arranged to marry Mr. Heath's daughter, Claire. Oh, no. Again to deter his homosexuality. Oh, poor man. Yeah. So the investigation also revealed a decade-long campaign by ultra-conservative church groups to sign up followers to the Victorian coalition and win control of safe seats. His daughter, Renee, was in the audience. Renee is currently a member of the Victorian Liberal Party and actually is an elected MP. So her attendance has created a bit of a star, like you just mentioned. But she wasn't the only person from the Vic Libs that was there. Morgan was at pains to make sure people knew that members of the state party administration were there too. And I've got to be honest, Morgan is thriving at the moment. He is posting everyday articles about him, about Freedom Party, saying that he's going to run more of these events. On the night, there was a lot of criticism of John Pesciuto, the current Vic Libs leader, and a lot yep. of support given to Moira Deeming. So oh, it'll be right. interesting to see how this all actually plays out. I was actually like really confused because I'm not a political person um, other than what I'm kind of learning through doing all of this. But I was looking at the, MC, M, the MCJ report and it, when you look at the views, he I know back in his heyday, he used to get tens of thousands of views yeah. every episode, but the past maybe six months or so, he might be lucky to get 1,500, mm. and then over on his rumble, 500. Yeah. So I was wondering why there was all this fuss around his show, but I don't think the show was the actual point of it. I think it was really just to get a lot of people that like-minded people and just have a networking event and pat each other on the back and do you feel that because I just don't see what I do because he said that this was going to be his, not popular but he said this was going to be his final show 
So it was my 200th oh, and final and show. And final yeah. show. Okay. Okay. That so makes a little bit more sense. Then he got a few more guests. Like yeah. he added, I think Craig Kelly got added. I think Zippy got added. They were supposed to be having it down in Frangar. Then I yeah, actually I mean, think I, that they had too many people trying to buy tickets. I mean, I've seen photos of it. It was packed. Okay, so it seemed to be like this, but this, he was pulling in some people, political people. I just felt like it was a little bit more of a little bit more than just about the show. Oh, thousand percent. Like without doubt, it is a problem for the Liberal Party that not just Renee was there, but now that he's making it clear that there, there were other yeah. people from the administration of the Victorian Liberal Party there. And it was yeah, and he very, named one. Yeah, it was very much anti. It was equally as anti John Pesciuto as it was anti Dan Andrews. Okay, which says something for this crowd. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see what happens. I mean, they can't they can't banish Renee. They've already banished Moira. Like they they can't banish another member of their party. But I think his dad will get sacked from the Liberal Party. Oh, okay, right. Because he's a Liberal Party member. So I yeah. think he'll. I think his membership will be revoked. Okay. Mm. So the infamous Professor Ian Brighthope was there. Remember, it was his place that Monmon had visited just before her arrest. He believes that if you have enough vitamin D in your system, you can't catch COVID. Back in 1988, he also believed that injections of vitamin C, zinc, garlic, and a stress-free diet was a treatment for AIDS. Look, there is a place for alternative treatment as part of an overall healthcare plan, but back in July 2021, cancer specialists raised ethical concerns about a Melbourne-based clinical trial in which patients are screened for cancer using an unapproved test. The cost of the test was $850. Mm. So the test itself, known as ICTC, cannot be legally offered to the general public in Australia except via a clinical trial. And independent cancer experts say it's not accurate enough to screen for cancer. But some of the people in the trial run by the National Institute of Integrative Medicine were told that they had signs of cancer. Others were told the test suggested that it probably didn't have cancer, potentially prompting them to discuss with their doctors delaying chemotherapy. Oh my gosh. So a paper from the trial notes said all patients were advised about integrative lifestyle changes and immune stimulating therapies, including curcumin, green tea, garlic extract, vitamin D, grapeseed, citrus pectin, medicinal mushroom extract, black cumin seed, and other immune stimulating nutrients. None of these things are approved for use in the treatment of cancer. The spokesman for the National Institute of Integrative Medicine was Professor Ian Brighthope. A man Morgan declared on the night should be the chief medical officer of our nation. No way. <laughs> so we just want to take a second here to reflect on medical practitioners and or quacks that take advantage of vulnerable people. And I don't think there would be a better example of that than the absolutely gross Facebook Live that took place between a doctor, and yes, doctor is in inverted commas, and an ill young woman and her family. Where do we start, Sandy? How do we, how do we cover this? Oh, it's just absolutely terrible. 
I, I don't even know where we begin with this. I just feel like we've got this family that's in the middle of this circus and mm. it's just attracting all of these. Yeah. The worst, the worst of society. Like oil, gross people who just want to take advantage of them. Yeah. And in this particular cl- case, there was a freedom fighter, which I won't name him, but yep. there is a freedom fighter that was out in the, in doing all the protests. He was a very, very eccentric person. And they were in the comment section under this family saying that they wanted to reach out to them because mm. he knew of this doctor from overseas and he was here in Australia. And, oh, my gosh, I've got the best opportunity. And immediately, even before anything happened, I was like, they are going to get introduced mm. to a scammer. Yeah. A hundred percent. I would not trust this protester. No. In any way, shape or form. You know you're going to get a bad introduction. And they did. And this is actually quite quite next level. It was harrowing. He calls himself the Doc of Detox. Mm. And uh, he has this website as well. And almost everything he said in this one hour video, I was noting, making notes and then doing fact checks. Mm. And it was all, there was one case that said um, he was advising uh, water and it's called structured water. And I in the Google, I put structured water and the first thing that popped up without me even pressing enter yet, you know how it's kind yeah. of pre-guesses, scam. I went, oh, far out. What, are we, what have we got here? So there was talking about things like sugar is a poison. And I just gotten off a, another out of a, another rabbit hole that I had been down through Barbara O'Neill, who had been recommending another doctor who says that cancer is a fungus and it's fed by sugar. So I kind of know where that come from. And mm. this guy actually, this doctor that was recommended by Barbara O'Neill actually killed somebody. So there we've got that. And then just the stuff that he was talking to her. And if you go to the website, he actually has, he was recommending all of his vitamins Yeah. at one stage. And I, these are expensive vitamins. I looked him up and the first thing I found was, an article from Canada, which I think is where he's from, and yes. Canadian, their version of the ABC had done an investigation and had said that, again, people who they'd spoken to said that it was like being in a cult and that his treatments were like torture and that he had taken $10,000 off a woman promising that she would walk again and she was she suffered from MS. And, and I just another I, cancer, yeah, cancer patient. I just well. think anyone that can take, and I mean, this um, Professor Ian Brighthope thing that we're talking about as well. So charging people $850 to do a test that yeah. it, it's not, it's not a test, it's part of a trial. Like it, this, this doctor advertises med beds for sale, <laughs> yeah, as well. Um, and they're expensive. Mm. Everything's bloody expensive on his. I think for me, well. what was what was worse, if it could be even be worse than you know promising, drink more water and don't eat sugar and take some of my supplements. For me, it was he he called this this young woman who is in the end stages of her life, who has been taking steroids for a very long time to help her with. A variety of different issues. He told her she needed to lose sixteen kilos in three weeks, and then alluded towards the end that perhaps she shouldn't be on steroids. Yeah, 
but made it made pains to say I'm monitored and I can't say too much and about that. I, I, I just and, and he basically and told her didn't that love herself yeah you don't love yourself and just cancer. pep yourself up a little bit and you'll be fine and it was and that her cancer was caused by past trauma and he had sent them away to figure out what that was it was and I, I tweeted, you know, and you'd be the same as me, Sandy. We've seen a lot of shit in three years. We've seen, trust me, listeners, when I tell you that we have seen some stuff. There's a lot of things that we look it's at that we never come here and talk about because it's, it's, it's horrible and distressing and everything else. And we don't tweet it because we don't think it's appropriate. It's not. This is kind of one of but those. To, it feels so. To, it, it, and I feel bad talking about it. But I think what we're trying to say is there are a lot of incredibly vulnerable people in this movement because they don't have their families anymore. They don't have their friends anymore. They are being trained not to trust doctors or science or the media or anything. They are taught not to trust anything unless they're told it on Telegram. Then they can trust it. And everything that they... All reality is being turned inside out, so yeah. it's all inverted. So what they thought was true is no longer true, down to Correct. everything. And there are a lot of people, we've said it before, circling this movement. It's predators, predators. Taking their money, whether it's supplements. Whether and he's it's- saying to them that he will sell them stuff at cost. Meanwhile, just recently there has been um, GoFundMe set up because and, and interviews being said where they've said they've got no money. Yeah. Because, I mean, they do have a family and th- this is the other thing is there are other children in this family. Yeah. And, you know, when people do have children that are very sick, it does make it incredibly difficult for the rest of the family. It makes it very hard to hold down a job. You know, they still have got mortgage payments, rent payments. They still need to food, put food on the table. And I think that we owe this family a lot of empathy and a lot of sympathy because they are facing a very real reality that they're going to lose their daughter. And it's really sad because for me, it's just like, well, just get vaccinated and get over and done with. Like, it's not worth it. Yeah. But And even at the MCJ report, I said to you before, Leone said, if it wasn't for Professor Ian Brighthope supplements, I wouldn't be alive. And come to my stall <laughs> and buy some of my supplements. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, the, when I went onto the website and I saw a med bed, and like this med bed is on sale at the moment. So it, used to, it was $250,000. Wow. Now it's down to $40,000. So, wow, that's quite a discount. <laughs> amazing maybe we should buy one the cardio med bed so that's will help everybody's vaccine injuries get that out to everybody and a cell sonic that's worth one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. so i mean this guy's legit is legit like there's nothing that says here that we should be worried those structured water units that he would sell you three thousand dollars it's fine it's fine these people. It's totally going to help you. These Do people. It, these people. They have no. They have no moral compass. That's all I'm going to say. And I think that's enough of talking about it them. Is, it they... is. And like I say, we we did just want to highlight that you know that these people like Bright Hope and the all are doctors. 
These are people that they now hold in very high esteem. Like I say, Morgan said that Bright Hope should be the chief medical officer of our nation. But anyway, back to the MCJ report and the final two guests were Rukshan and Avi. Aww. Now, neither of them need any attention from us, but there was a funny thing with the chairs. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they had these big old-fashioned chairs, but when Avi came, they brought on a different chair. And I I'm, was wondering about that. Why? <laughs> I think it was to stop him looking like a toddler in the big people seats. <laughs> but the oh. the biggest seats were shorter. I know, but he would have just like he wouldn't have been able to like fit all the way back. He would have sunken into it. Because if he'd like food. sat properly with his bum at the back of the chair, his little legs would have been like dangling <laughs> like a little kid. Oh, he's so little. Let's talk about our favourite winningness lawyer of all time. Yes, Spiros hasn't quite gone away yet. He's been working on something in the background and we have a bit more detail about it now so we can have a chat about it. So they have been very busy setting up an office in regional Victoria and a fancy office it is too, as it should be, because it turns out it will be doing the business of the king. Yes, they have launched the Royal Registry and everyone is quite excited. Well, almost everyone, as is the way there has been a bit of commentary about it. Johnny Q is advising people to do due diligence. <laughs> people are concerned about the crest as it sits beneath the St. Edward's crown, not the imperial crown. It's the crown thing again. <laughs> Still don't I understand. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How does the registry work with their private member associations? Hmm. So what is the Royal Registry, I hear you all ask? Well, it is an executive part of the King's business that offers services based upon common law and equitable principles, which deals with the rights and liabilities of landowners within the interests of natural justice. It operates upon the doctrine of of estates, being that of a tenant of the crown, where immediate rights to possession of the land can be protected from foreign corporate bodies. Hmm. They have an official seal, and the registry is annexed through the constable of Clawhaddon Palace in Wales. The reason being, as far as I can tell, is I did try and ask, but it was a mistake. I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> I shouldn't have asked. Like I, I sometimes you'll be in one of these chat groups somewhere and you'll just ask what you think is like a really easy question. I reckon I got 14 Facebook messages. <laughs> All of them had like attachments, videos to watch. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. You had a lot of research to do. I, I did. Guess. I did. I did. And I didn't do it very well. 
So like I say, as far as I can tell, it's because by the end of the 13th century, Clawhaddon was the main administration center for estates. So I think it's where all of the, because um, back in the day, obviously the crown owned all the land and they would give people a tenancy on their land. So let's say I, I was the groundskeeper at Edinburgh Castle. I would get like a little house on the land of Edinburgh Castle and I would be the tenant and the king would sign it over to me and the paperwork would get processed down at Clawhaddon Palace in Wales. Oh, okay. So that's so they- that's why they've got like a little crest for that on it. Right. So- <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so well done. That's good. We'll see. So <laughs> it's all quite nonsense anyway. But anyway, so they have a seal and an office, but I still don't know what the registry is. <laughs> Can I just drive out to the office and get on the list? Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) No, Sandy, you've got some work to do first. Before you even get to that stage, you have to do a couple of things. First up, you need a name. Not your capital letters name, Sandy. You need your living name. Like Sauce of the Clan Silvani. And then you need to do your own family crest. Can I just make up my own family crest? Absolutely you can, which I've got to be honest, as a Scot, this whole make up a clan and a family crest for yourself, it does grind my gears a little bit. It does. Do you have an actual crest? Uh, my family does have a family crest. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> wow. Okay, there you go. You're already halfway there. <laughs> Correct. Okay, so I've changed my name and I've got a family crest. Now can I register? Yep. Now you're ready to go. You need to make an appointment because they have to do this face-to-face because they have to make sure you're of sound character. Oh. Yeah, let that sink in. You have to go go and have a sit-down with Spiros who will decide if you (laughs) are of good character. Oh, Hmm. well. There's an awful lot of information that you need to take with you. There's a checklist of things that you need to take. Um, but then you just pay the fee and you're off and running. Cool. Yep. So for a small payment, oh, you can register yourself as a living person. That'll set you back $999. Oh, my gosh. That's cheaper than the med bed. Yes, yes, yes. I and then, then you can register your house and that'll oh. cost you $999. Oh, so now I'm $2,000. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, red. Yep. Okay. And then if you've got a car, you can oh. also register your car and that'll be $99. Wow. Okay. And then if you've got a pet. Oh, oh my <laughs> dog, Bob. Yep. Well, Bob can go on the register, and <sighs> but that'll set you back 50 bucks. Oh, damn, Bob. Yep. Yikes. So if you are married with no kids, but you have a dog, own a house and a car, your family is up for over $3,000. And so what do I get for my money? Well, this is the best bit, Sandy. For your $3,000, you will get an original certificate produced on handmade parchment paper with a handwritten calligraphy using, wait, (laughs) walnut ink. Oh, you know what I can't wait for? 
Mm. I can't wait for people to start bragging and posting these <laughs> to their Telegram and then we're just going to share it on Twitter. <laughs> I mean. Oh, because we're going to know how much all of these, like this person just got scammed a thousand bucks. <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> Here it is. What are they doing? What are they and doing? He has a shop. It's physical. You can actually yes. go there. And it's like got beautiful, like big regal furniture and like. <laughs> I was actually, um, I saw him posting, asking if they really wanted old-fashioned yeah. furniture and I'm like, oh, my God, they really want to go back in time. They want it even to look like you're going back in time. The office is in, only open on Tuesdays and Thursdays and they are having a little bit of problem with the email address. <laughs> <laughs> email address? They're not supposed to have an email address. So, no, you've got to book your appointment by email or by mail, which... I don't know uh, if they obviously don't know that we're not dealing with Australia Post anymore because they're still saying that you can send mail, but we're not we're not dealing with Australia Post anymore because they don't take cash. That's right. And emails should not be allowed. We're supposed to be back in the what year is this? Yeah. Well, you've got to you've hundreds? got to we're back in the 13th century with these clients. Should be horse and cart <laughs> deliver your mail. So, yeah, you got to book Imagine your appointment. That. Imagine that. If they had a little horse. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot a funny bit. So on on the, the, when you go to do your, like, fill in the form that you have to go beforehand, you have to put, like, what's your job? And the examples that they've got are, like, barrister at law, Uh, (laughs) doctor, lady of the manor is what <laughs> and I'm like what are you doing what are you doing <sighs> do you have to be like regal titles or do you have to have like could you just be I don't know like, well back in those days did, no well was- some people are going with the not everyone's going like off the clan okay. some, some of them are going with the other the other way that's that common law folk write to like to do their names. So some of them have got an awful lot of apostrophes and semicolons in their names. You know what? I just hope they take it all the way. Like I want to see these people walking around in like long skirts, dresses, <laughs> bonnets, I don't know, whatever else. I want to see. Back in those days. And I want to see horse and carts. I'm sorry. I have to see horse and carts. I want to see the first police pullover sob sit video where they unroll their certificate <laughs> and go to the cop I bet you've never seen one of these before, and unroll it, and the cop's like, wow, is that handmade parchment paper? <laughs> With walnut ink? <laughs> oh, Bless them. We are going to have some fun times coming up. Bless them. <laughs> Listeners, we do need to bring you some sad news and even we are also sad to hear of the passing of naughty Nana Ruby, who stood at the gates of the governor in Queensland. Ruby passed away from cancer and had a private funeral held by her family this week. We just want to extend our thoughts to her family. Who knows what the last few years have been like and we're not going to speculate here, but we send our sincere condolences to them and to the friends she met along the way at the gates. While we find their beliefs absurd, she was a real person and had some spunk and many people, even those who don't agree with her views, 
found her endearing and entertaining. So this feels really, really sad. Cancer is a bitch and it's indiscriminate. It takes the vaxxed, the unvaxxed, the rich and the poor and all the people of all races. It touches all of us. If there is something we can all agree on, it's this. Fuck cancer. Mm. It was sad. You know, it, it is. It's sad when you hear of anyone who passes at at a young age. And like you say, you know, it doesn't mean that Ruby didn't have her flaws and her faults. And it doesn't mean we agree with her point of view. But, you know, these are, we say it a lot, these are real people with real families and, and real friends. And, and it is sad. And, you know, one of the things that has come out um, since her passing is all of a sudden we've been exposed a little bit more to who Ruby West was before we knew her as Ruby West and you know that's not even her name. Yeah I was surprised to hear that. Yeah and you know I, yeah. I was looking at her backstory and she's written she's written three books <laughs> she's climbed Mount Everest she led she led what sounds like an interesting life like she ran away from home as a very young girl after her mum's suicide grew up in housing commission flats worked in a factory and then just decided to go and see the world which i think was her way of dealing with the grief of of losing her mother so yeah like these are real people with real stories and we have a window into two years of their lives and what they portray to on their lives that's what we get right that's all we get. So I think it is just a reminder that we don't have to like them and we don't have to agree with them. And there are some people in this movement, highly exploitative. We spoke about it in this episode. But let's try and find empathy where we can. That's all. So listeners, we're just going to sign this tribute off with a video clip of Ruby standing beside the lake in Canberra, shouting at the governor her proclamation. Enjoy. Ruby from Brisbane, Naomi Nana Wanda is not the only Nana who is not happy with you. Not a nana. In Queensland, I am what I am known as one of the naughty nanas. There are many naughty nanas Woo! in Queensland, and in Melbourne, and, in Melbourne and across Australia, who are not happy with you. I've come all the way from Queensland to represent those. Nanas who stand outside Government House and address Jeanette Young in Paddington. We instruct Jeanette Young to do her job. The naughty Nanas, the grumpy Gramps and everybody in between. (laughs) I have lost confidence in the government. Federal, state and local. I instruct you to dissolve the federal parliament and issue the writs for a fresh election immediately. Further, I want all the documents that Senator Heffernan produced to the Royal Commission released to the people unredacted immediately. 
So thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed the episode. As we said at the start of the show, we are working on a couple of things. One about an international OG and the other is more local. So stay tuned for those. As always, feedback is welcome and you can find us on Twitter. I don't care if he's given it a new name at Sunny Sandy L and Sauce 149. We're also thinking of starting a Patreon. So if you have any thoughts on that or feedback, what you think we could put on there, um, let us know. Let us know. And we're going to leave you now with some lovely tunes of our walker, <laughs> our wanderer, Matt Lawson. Sauce found, Sauce found an old... I'm sorry. Recorded. (laughs) Everyone, I'm sorry. I don't want feedback on the song. Okay. Anyway, stay tuned. Have a listen. Bye. Bye. (laughs) By greed and lust, jealousy and hate. Till the divide was too wide to cross. As people suffer death, heartache and loss How had the masses been too blind to see The world was imploding right beneath their feet Then on the horizon came a blinding light And from it came others with their arms open wide Hold the line You're not lost They're trying to break down Every single one of us Hold the line It's time to make a stand Time to get up now Reach out your hand Shone from inside and out into the 